MSP Marketing in Bite-Sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org. Copywriting for MSPs, Part 14. So as a quick recap, last time we looked at rephrasing the most important benefits in the closing offer, making things fast, easy and simple, spelling out exactly what people must do at the call to action, a note about capture forms, and then a note about images, the PS, the signature and the envelope. So here's a quick note about the structure of a sales letter. In around 1900, the number of adverts that an average person was exposed to daily was significantly lower than it is today. Now, there's no precise figures around at the time, but it's safe to assume the exposure was limited to at most a few dozen ads per day. But by the year 2000, the landscape had significantly changed, and estimates suggest that the average person was exposed to about 300 to 3,000 adverts per day around the time. And skip to nowadays, that figure is reportedly more like 10,000 per day. So my point is that people have become desensitised to adverts. And the legendary David Olgivy reputedly said, there is no law that says an ad has to look like an ad. To be honest, I think there are laws that have to tell people that an ad is an ad, but that's okay. You see them in newspapers and small print along the top. But I'm told that six times more people read editorial than adverts. So just remember that even when you're putting your ad or your sales copy in a place where everyone else's content is just an ad, it's worth bearing in mind. Now, here's a quick lesson from antiquity. From the recap of that last session, I'd like to use this session to summarise the main point of a sales letter. And the mnemonic I came up with years ago is a pretty handy tool to make sure that you've got all the main sections of a sales letter or indeed any sales copy in place. You can use it as a checklist. But before I come on to that, at the heart of it, we can go back over 2,300 years to when Aristotle first coined the phrase ethos, pathos, logos. And I personally think that exquisitely sums up a lot about salesmanship in one very compact phrase. No wonder Alexander the Great went on to subjugate most of the known world with a tutor like him helping him to pass his school exams in subjects like politics and rhetoric and of course invading and conquering. Anyway, I digress. Back to ethos, pathos and logos. Now, ethos comes first in the sequence, which refers to someone's ethical character, i.e. their credibility. You have to trust what someone is telling you before anything else, because if you don't trust them, then you won't believe what they'll tell you. And if you can't trust or believe them, then why would you buy anything from them? Next in line comes pathos, and pathos involves appealing to the audience's emotions. Now, this is key because people rarely buy for the reasons that they think they do. There's usually an underlying motive, such as fear or envy or pride or something like that. And it's really key to making people buy. In fact, the word emotion itself stems originally from the Latin emotio, or to stir up or to agitate. Remember what I keep saying about people buy with emotions, then they justify with logic. And on that note, last but not least is Logos, which is all about the logical argument or reasoning presented. Now, you might stir someone up to buy the latest, greatest laptop, which looks sexy and costs twice what the others do, but the buyer will still need to have some logical reasons to purchase it, to justify it to themselves. Now, countless times I've ended up with electronic claptrap, which is gathering up dust somewhere, which I originally persuaded myself that would make me super efficient. And perhaps it only ever got used two or three times. I think we're all guilty of that but the point is we usually need all three of these issues in place 
ethos, pathos, and logos before we'll buy something unless it's in exceptional circumstances. Okay, so here's that mnemonic I mentioned earlier, and that's urgent ADA. U-R-G-E-N-T-A-I-D-A. And that stands for urgency, reciprocity, guarantees, easygoing language, negatives, testimonials, then the classic attention, interest, desire, and action. Now, to be clear, whilst this is a checklist, it's not necessary in the right order. So going back to what we said just now, credibility has to be first. The call to action, or perhaps the guarantee, comes last. So let's do them in the right order. Let's start with testimonials. So testimonials come first here in this list because they're there to establish credibility from social proof and ensuring early on why someone should listen to you or read your content in the first place. Remember that sequence, ethos, pathos, logos. So if you're doing a talk or a presentation, this is where you outline who you are and why people should believe you. It's your opportunity to address your qualifications or your time in services or your successes and potentially for failures too. It's where you demonstrate how long you've been providing a product or service, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. But even if you've got a new business, how much experience do the owners have combined? That could be worth mentioning. That could be valuable as well. So here, quick note about facts and personal history. Remember, you're trying to build rapport. You need to create empathy and show the reader that you feel their pain. So make sure that you write about your own experiences. In terms of belief, though, people usually believe what other people are saying, either about you or about your products, more than what you say yourself. But you can use that to your advantage. If you're trying to add credibility to something that you're drawing upon, you can leverage external credibility, such as citing a respected person's research or findings. And further to this, social proof is an excellent way to establish credibility because people follow people, a bit like sheep. And social media is not only proof of that, but it's also a great place to establish social proof as well. So you can use social media in both ways to establish your credibility. So if you can, always point out who else is using your products or your services. Offer case studies. The better documented, the better. Where possible, get people to talk about your product or service in a natural way so that it comes across as real. And ideally, you'll capture their passion too. Video endorsements can be amazing for this reason. But at the very least, use photos of anyone endorsing you or your products. And on that note, having a photo of yourself early on on your sales letter or your website is worth doing as well. Remember, people buy from people. My accountant told me in my first year of business a great lesson in that your best salesmen are your best customers. Now, I truly believe that, which is why I'm so keen to promote leveraging testimonials and social proof. You can't have too many testimonials, but you can definitely have too few. So pepper them throughout your sales copy. Use quotes around them if you can to add importance. And if you can, ensure that different stories are included as these are more relevant and interesting than just blatant sycophantic sentences. Crucially, make sure that the people giving the testimonials are as real as possible. So leave their contact details if you're allowed to. Now further to that, your testimonials will not only be more believable, but more compelling when they're as specific and quantifiable as possible. In general, facts and stories are more credible when they're specific. So don't just round off dates and round off times and round off numbers. They look more contrived. Make them as specific as possible. So I think we'll stop there and we'll look at a specific example next time. MSP Marketing in Bite sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MK Link. To get more of MK Link's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, 
make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org.